Thank you all. Thank you, Sam. Welcome back. You know, we were just singing that we are children of God. Um, that, uh, and, and so that makes us a family. I mean, we're children of the same father. That, by definition, is family. And that is what um, Jesus used that same language. That's why I use the language of you know, brother and sister. We call each other brother and sister because we have the same father. You know, and uh, in our biological family, um, that we had, you know, we have different uh, family traditions, um, particularly at meal. You know, so today we have our family meal where, where Jesus meets us and uh, hosts us. We receive him. Um, w- one of our sort of family rules, our family guidelines at meals was this is what we do when we gather at the table. We, we eat, we pray, we talk. Those are the things that we do together. Now, it was early on in um, uh, family life that we, we came up with that. It was sort of on the spur of the moment. Um, we, we knew that we didn't... One of the things that we... What was happening was, I think, I think it was my youngest at the time, was not eating, was not going to eat his broccoli. And so in order to distract from that, he started singing, just singing songs. I think he was even like, you know, a Christian song, thinking that would really, you know, get us. And they were like, nope, sorry, we don't sing at the table. We eat, talk, and pray at the table. So eat your broccoli. And I think maybe then he started to pray for a little bit, but then when he stopped, okay, now it's time to eat your broccoli. But that, that became sort of our God, one of the things, one of the, the traditions of the family meal. Now, my, my brother-in-law, he's old school, um, old school in that he's got four boys, and their tradition at their table, it's quite impressive, like when we gather at, you know, holidays and stuff, because he will... Uh, um, all have been trained of the, the boys. None of them sit until all, have, all of the women have been seated. So they'll stand and wait until then. I mean, he's, he's old school, but it's definitely impressive. And you might have you know, traditions at your family table as well that you remember. And, and as we gather at this table, at this most significant table, this e- eternal table of grace, of mercy, of sacrifice, of forgiveness. Our rule at this table is that anybody and everybody who follows Jesus is welcome at this table. Whether you like one another or not. No matter what you've done. Matter of fact, you don't even have to wash your hands. Matter of fact, you've been washed in Jesus. You don't have to clean up to come to this. Now, every other table, it's important to wash your hands. So don't, don't say, preacher said I don't have to wash my hands at lunch. But for this one, this is one where Jesus has cleansed us, everyone. Yes, we were just singing, you know, that he reached down deep inside of me to bring me that love and that, that cleansing. Do you believe he reached deep inside of everyone else as well? Because that's what connects us together. Why we honor one another at this table. Because Jesus is inside us. 
The Spirit dwells within us. So it's grace, love, forgiveness, reconciliation that we celebrate here. That we have been reconciled to God and there just is no godly reconciliation that stops just being horizontal or vertical. Godly reconciliation, as we'll see, always moves horizontal. Godly forgiveness, as we receive it, it is so, as we were just singing, it is so uncontainable that it's impossible to receive it and keep it. It has to overflow. So we, as we're through this series of being better together, one of the ways that we are better together is because Jesus is present and He brings this forgiveness to us. That's, that's, our family habit at the table. So today I want to just share a number of stories about that. A number of stories of the, 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 our, our forgiveness that happens at our table. The forgiveness that is vertical and the t- forgiveness that is, that is horizontal. And, and so one of those stories that Jesus shares with us is in Matthew 18, verses 21 through tw- 35. It's found on page 800 in your pew Bible. And uh, let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for your written word. We thank you as it speaks to us. It re- tells us of our stories. It tells us the, the family stories and, and, and what it means to be Christian, what it means to, for, for Christ to, to, to be the leader of our family, what it means for you to be our father together and for us to be brothers and sisters in you. So speak to us, lead us, empower us, Lord, because we know this, this forgiveness stuff is deep. And it's real. And it doesn't happen by our abilities. It only happens by your power. So speak to us your word. Give us your grace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, so uh, verse 21. So then Peter, Peter's one of our brothers. Long, long time ago. But he's part of the family. He came and said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, If another member of the church, another member of our family, sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. And now Jesus is going to tell us a story. Don't you just wish he'd just stuck at a number? As we see this, you know, I mean, do you see this? Peter's asking him a simple question, how many times? It just needs a number. But what does Jesus respond? He responds with a story. And here's the reason I think why is because he's not interested in us satisfying certain rules. He's interested in us being part of the family. He's interested in us being a kind of people that he wants to form us to be. Not to satisfy rules. Yeah, I, I know. I'm with you. I just prefer some rules. You know, I can obey those or do those or disobey them, but at least I know. But no, he's saying, I want you to be this kind of people. That's because that's what the family is. These are the family, these are the family rules. These are the, the family ways. These are the ways of Christ. Or you see it also in the Bible, the way of the kingdom. It's another way of saying it. Alright, then, so here's, here's Jesus' story. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. So you see what he's saying? The kingdom of heaven. The, the way of the family of God is this. So the kingdom of heaven 
may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now 10,000, if you notice, if you're reading in the Bible, here there's a footnote and that says like 15 years wages. In other words, it's a lot, a lot of money. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions in payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. Fifteen years of wages, right there. Gone. It's not like, okay, well, here's a payment plan. This is realizing the uncontainable love and grace and mercy of God. That simply we come to Him, forgive us, and in Christ we're forgiven. That's the way of the family. All right, so uh, verse 28. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And you, you see before that that's not very much money. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. Almost the exact words that the slave had just said to the master. Now this slave tells another slave. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a hard word here. This is sort of a shocking word, isn't it? But it's, I mean, it's, it's shame. This, this is the way of the family, man. It's, as you receive this uncontainable love of God that is in Jesus Christ, that wipes away the debt for you, for me, for us, simply because of God's love, just as we were singing. It is true. This is the nature of God. It, it, there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any more or less. There's absolutely nothing you can do to clean up your act, to be satisfying to God. We are broken. I mean, we are selfish. We we are evil in thought and in deed. We are separated from God as far as the east is from the west. But in His grace and mercy, He has brought us in and cleansed us. He has taken care, defeated, conquered the evil that is within us and in our world on the cross. It's destroyed. It's gone down with Jesus in death. Down. To be destroyed. And Jesus has destroyed it and left it. And now is raised into new life. Leading us. Showing that he's conquered evil and death and judgment. For you and for me and for any who come to the table. 
I mean, that, that's, that's what's happening to the king and to the slave who owes what he never could repay even if he tried. And that, as we receive that kind of love, as we sing of that, as we dance, as we celebrate that kind of love and grace and mercy, then it will overflow to others who then wrong us and who hurt us. I mean, you, you look at this passage, and, and he, what Jesus is really saying here is, man, you know, if, if you, if you unable to forgive others, then have you received my forgiveness? If you're unable to extend this grace to others, have you received my grace? When we're unable to give that, that forgiveness to others, we live in that kind of bitterness, and that, don't try to well up within us, man, well, you've got to run to Jesus. I, I, I have not received enough of you. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Overflow me. Somehow or another, I've been drained. I need your grace and mercy to overflow. But this, this is the nature of God. It is unending. It is an unwieldy forgiveness. It is a grace and mercy that is beyond our capacity even to understand. It's a scandalous grace. That is for you and for me and for anyone, no matter what, to receive it. And it's not only that then we received that grace, we're, we're wiped clean, our slate is clean, but not only that, now we're filled with His Spirit so that we're clothed in Christ. We're adopted into the family. We now have an inheritance of heaven. I mean, this is all because of what God has done through us in Jesus. And we simply have received that grace and mercy. So that when God the Father sees it, He sees us through the lens of Jesus. Not only... Not only are what we have done, left undone, what we have said or thought that is evil, not only have those been destroyed, but now we are given the robe of righteousness in Christ so that that's what God sees when He sees you and me. This is the scandalous grace of Jesus. So if you're here today and you're thinking somehow or another you've got to be good enough You've got to somehow wash your hands. You've got to clean up in order for God to love you or accept you, for you to be a part of the family. You're wrong. Stop trying. Just receive it. Even if it, if For someone here, it might be the first time. And maybe you've been spending your whole life thinking somehow you've got to be right with God. Or, or maybe you just showed up today. You're like, you know, you've been trying for a long time and it's not working. You're like, let me try, find out what this is about God. And grace and forgiveness. Or maybe it's the thousandth and first time. Yeah, you've been, you've been coming regularly and every time, yeah, you got some sins to confess and to receive that grace. Doesn't matter. First, thousandth and first, doesn't matter. God's joy in giving you that mercy and grace is the same. It is full. 
You see it in the stories of Jesus, who's the leader of the family. Man, he's always forgiving people. He's always hanging out with people that don't deserve it. You know, read, read in the Gospels over and over and over again. He's hanging out with prostitutes. He's hanging out with sinners. He's hanging out with, with rich people who oppress others, who take advantage of them, like tax collectors. He's hanging out with people that, that the world despises. And, and not only that, I mean, they're blind or they're lame or they're sick. And he comes and brings healing. He brings sight. He brings life. Life. That's that's who he, that's what he does. That's the family story. The one that leads us to just hanging out with a bunch of sinners and bringing healing and truth and forgiveness. I, one of my favorite story, family stories of Jesus, our leader, is that he had uh, um, uh, four guys bring their friend who was paralyzed to him. And as, Je- as they're bringing him to, to Jesus, Jesus looks at him, you know, and he says, All right, hey, you, I see your faith. Uh, um, uh, son, your sins are forgiven. I imagine one of the four guys that brought him said, uh, It's his legs. You know, you want to heal his legs? You know, imagine. That's not in the text, but I imagine that might be there. Um, but what is in the text is that one of the, guy, the, the leaders there, the religious leaders are saying, Whoa, wait a minute. You can't give forgiveness that quickly. You that that's not so great. That, that forgiveness, no. That that's there's a limited quantity of that. Again, that's sort of my embellishment. And and they what they say really is only God can do that. To which I imagine Jesus sort of giving a wink and a nod and saying, "Yep, you're forgiven <laughs> your sins." And they says, "Which is easier to say?" Take up your cot and walk, or your sins are forgiven. So, take up your cot and walk, and the man is healed. He picks it up. Now, that's one of the family stories. That this, this Jesus is that powerful and that loving that he's got power to heal in body and soul. These are the stories of Jesus. Again, I encourage you, just read through the Gospels and see what happens over and over again. And if today is the first day that you stop trying and just say, God, I need your forgiveness, and let today be that day. And just a little bit, we'll have prayer stations and people that you can go pray with. And I encourage you, if that's the case, just to go and pray with a friend to say, let's... Now, a family friend say, God, I need your forgiveness. I need Jesus to wipe me clean and make me whole. Because I can't do it on my own. This is the scandalous, unwieldy forgiveness of our table. It's the way of the family. Now... But there's not just stories of Jesus that, that we then receive um, and we hear that are in the Scripture. There's also stories of our family, of our brothers and sisters who have received this forgiveness, this kind of unwieldy, messy grace. And man, it has exploded. It's exploded through them. Um, and and the, these, are, these are our family stories. These are our, our brothers and sisters. And I want to just share a few more of, of these stories. Um, I've got a couple particularly. You know, it's African American History Month. And so I want to look at some of our uh, brothers and sisters in, in the family, particularly Americans who have faced oppression and challenges and difficulties and evil. Yet as our brothers and sisters, man, they've got some stories of how this unwieldy forgiveness flows through them. 
couple years ago, you remember um, Emmanuel African American or African Methodist Episcopal Church in South Carolina. They're having a midweek Bible study. And this is a, a predominantly um, African-American church. And a, a white uh, gentleman comes in and joins the group. And in the middle of the Bible study, pulls out a gun and in racial hatred, shoots and kills nine of the people in the Bible study. At his trial, as he's being tried, the, the family and relatives of those nine that were killed, they stand up as they're given a moment is often to face the one who has killed your family member. Judge gives them a moment. And you know what they say? In the name of Jesus Christ, we forgive you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our families forgive you. And we beseech you to know that God forgives you and repent and receive his forgiveness. That's one of our family stories. Now, the, the, one of my favorite stories is, is of a, a little girl named Ruby Bridges. Maybe you've seen the movie. But R- Ruby was a, a new, a new, grew up in New Orleans. It's 1960. And so she was the one that was going to integrate the school, her elementary school. Uh, I think she was second grade. And, and Ruby, um, so when she would go to school every day, you know what she would do? She would walk through a gauntlet of parents and children White parents and children hurling insults at her, threatening her life, saying they were going to kill her. And she would walk through to her class, whether she was just a class of one, nobody else would be in school with her, and the teacher would then teach her. That was, that was her year. Well, you know, the officials brought in a child psychiatrist for her, a very famous one, Robert Coles. And he, uh, um, because if a second grader is going to go through that, that's called trauma. So how do we help her walk, work through this? And, and he noticed as she would be walking the gauntlet into school that she would be mouthing something. And so he got with her and asked her, what are you What are you saying, Ruby? He thought, you know, he surmised maybe she was just saying stuff to drown out, you know, the other noise. And what she said was, oh, I'm I'm praying for the people that I'm walking through. You're praying for the people? Well, yes. Because my mama said that Jesus said that those people that persecute me are say bad things about me, that he tells me I'm supposed to pray for them and to bless them. That's that's the family way of the table. That's another one of our family stories. You you may have heard other stories of other uh, brothers and sisters, other parts of the family, just other parts of the world. Um, um, Maybe you've you've heard of uh, uh, Elizabeth Elliot and Rachel Saint, and Steve Saint. Um, well, it was Jim Elliott and Nate Saint who were part of four men who missionaries to the Wakani Indians in Ecuador. Um, and uh, they, they would go there, develop relationships with them. They didn't know Jesus, had no church among this tribe, and they felt God had called them to take the gospel there so that these people could know Jesus and follow after him. 
And so they, they did and would regularly go bring gifts and all the rest. But then they got caught up in this tribal family um, malaise and feuds and ended up all four of the men are speared to death. What Elizabeth Elliot and Rachel Saint and Steve Saint do, man, they take them some time to recover from such grief and loss, but eventually God leads them back to join with the Wakani tribe. Rachel and Steve move in. Even though they, these are the people that murdered her husband and his father. And there they share the good news of this <laughs> of this family that God has of forgiveness. And now the Wakani tribe has a vibrant church that is reaching out to other tribes throughout Ecuador. It's one of our, another one of our family stories. Uh, another uh, one is Adele and Luis. Um, uh, Adele, they, they were uh, in Rwanda. They were from opposing tribes, though. Adele was married and a mother. And the opposing tribe, which Lewis was a part of, um, he, uh, they came in and slaughtered her husband and children. And she was left for dead but survived. As the years passed, as she bathed in this um, uncontainable love of God that's in Jesus Christ, she realized you know, she, she didn't have family, didn't have folks with her, and that's really what God had created her to be, so she decided to go to the prison where the men who had slaughtered her family and her friends were now in prison. And she became a prison mother to love and care and reach out to these men. Lewis, at one point, came to her and apologized, weeping for what he had done to her and to her family. And again, not, not instantly, but in the power of the Spirit, in time, Adele came alongside. Lewis embraced him and eventually adopted him as her son. The man who had slaughtered her husband and children had now been adopted her son. These are the family stories. These are the family stories of this uncontainable forgiveness that comes from God in Jesus Christ and explodes through us to others. This is the table of grace and mercy and forgiveness. If you hold to that bitterness or that, that anger, be released. Be freed by the power of God's grace. May it flow through you. May it flow through us. May it continue to form us to be a people of this table. May we be better together because of Jesus. Amen.